0: Wow, you just look lovely tonight. I'm going to have you stand on your feet. You can show off your outfit one more time. We're going to read uh, the Word of God. This is just one verse out of 1 John chapter 3. We're going to read 1 John chapter 3 verse 1. We stand just to give public recognition that these are the most authoritative words that will be spoken in this place tonight. This is one John three, verse one. "See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us, that we would be called children of God, and such we are. Father, I ask that you will give us eyes to see the love of a father on this night, and that we will behold the glory of Resurrection Sunday, through the love that flows straight from your heart, into this very place, on this very night, to the people that you love, and I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. It's good to be with you. I've been gone for like, feels like forever, but I think it was two Sundays, so... I was in uh, two Sundays ago, preaching at a church in one nation last Sunday in a different nation, and now I'm here back home at the church I would most want to be at in all the world, which is you. So thank you for praying for me and the small team that went with me. Uh, I'll give a a little, I'll share a couple stories tonight in the midst of the word, but not going to give... Uh, an elongated update. We will at a later time just for the sake of uh, live stream sensitive material that I don't want to have to cut and not cut because I didn't prepare the team for that. So anyways I'm here. You guys are a little awake? You with me? All right. You don't seem excited to have me back. Maybe that's because AJ and and Benj brought the word. Alright that's what I was needing. Maybe I should have just started and said I need affirmation guys. I missed you. Do you miss me? (laughs) Well, happy Resurrection Sunday. I uh, am excited to to share with you tonight. I was in my scriptures, I was in the scriptures, just kind of devotionally reading. This is maybe a month, six weeks ago, and I just heard the word, the Lord just whisper to me, and he said, Matthew 18, rank in the kingdom. And I was like, okay, like I think, let me see. I just thumbs to Matthew 18. The title of it was Rank in the Kingdom. I was like, all right, I'm hearing from the Lord. And started reading, and that's just talking about uh, childlike, where Jesus takes the child and says, you know, if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom, it's it's like this child. And the Lord's been kind of just that's been a theme of my relationship with him this last five, six weeks. And as I went overseas even, I feel the Lord's just opening my eyes in ways to the simplicity and the childlikeness of the gospel and what it means to be a follower of jesus and so in that vein i want to share with you tonight i don't want to come with some sort of profound speech but with something that i believe is real that has been impacting me that i believe will impact you tonight in a fresh way hopefully of what this gospel is all about and the love of a father i uh that the being overseas sometimes when you're preaching with very very simple people and Sometimes I'm getting to share the gospel with people that have never heard the name of Jesus before. And you, you kind of sit there and ask yourself, like, what do you share? You know, you, you, you can't go, it kind of gets away with all the fluff. Because you just have to bring something real that can be impactful and cross-cultural and all these things. And it forces me to just whittle down to this very childlike place. Of the simplicity and the purity of the gospel of jesus christ and the gospel of the kingdom of god and it is a remarkable experience to communicate such a simple powerful message and then watch the holy spirit light on people's hearts and make connection with this and it's just like i feel like i get baptized in the simplicity of what this is all about every time i i go overseas and so I've just had all this ringing in my my ears and in my heart, and it's kind of in this vein that I want to share with you tonight. Uh, I want to talk about the face of God, and I'll weave this into Easter, I promise, but you just have to follow me a little bit, okay? Uh, Everybody has an image that they put on God. Everybody believes God to be something or somebody. The question of my life and your life is not if I will worship or if you will worship. The question of our lives is what or who we will worship. We are worshipers by design and by nature. And we all have an image of seared deeply inside of us of who we believe God to be. And there are people who, you know, say they don't believe in God. And I would just say that that means the image they have of God is something they don't want to look at. You know, there's all these different manufacturers and concoctions and belief systems that all derive down at its basis an image of who that person believes God to be. The question of my life and your life is, what is that image? Who do we believe God to be? Who is it that we worship? And that's the the essence of what I want to speak to tonight. I think this is the essence of this Easter message, is that Jesus was coming to once and for all put a three-dimensional, full technicolor, accurate face on God so that these people, us humans would no longer be left to our own devices to try to concoct or manufacture some sort of artificial design on divinity, but that we could see God rightly for who he is. This is is the question of my life and your life. Every minute of our life will be deeply formed and shaped by who, what we believe the face of God to be. Our whole life whether we say we're religious or not is a response to what we believe the face of god to be so this is a question of utmost significance because the question is it's not if we worship it's who it's what we worship the amazing thing about the christian message and about the gospel of jesus christ is that there's a striking distinguishment That really differentiates Jesus' message from the heart of most other world religions and messages. And that is we see this unexplainable desire for the God the scriptures reveal to be known by us. It's, It's remarkable. Like this God goes to incredible lengths for us to know him. And if you contrast that to the messages that we see really throughout the world, it's usually involved something that we are going to do and perform and a ladder we're going to climb and a sacrifice we're going to give and something we're going to do to earn some sort of divine privilege or divine favor. But Jesus just turns this whole thing upside down and he demonstrates this very backwards picture where God is making himself debasing himself really going at such excruciatingly great lengths that he would come and pursue us and if you think of pursuit right if you dumb this down really dumb this down to like me trying to pursue this girl I liked (laughs) that I fell in love with my wife right if we think of pursuit it's kind of a bold proposition all the men you know what I'm talking about when you kind of come and you have to find this conviction inside of your heart, like I think that I have something that if I make known to you, it's gonna make your life better. (laughs) This is why, this is why, you know, I I always laugh, you know, I feel like men are the best, like I, I would try to pursue in the least vulnerable way possible at any (laughs) given moment, you know what I'm talking about? It's like, how can I slink around actually exposing myself and make it safe before I really have to put myself out of the line? Uh, right. Right? Because the question I'm asking the whole time as I'm sending text message after text message and flying to California to preach... Um, <laughs> I, I, was, I was ministering too, but... <laughs> I was really motivated to get down there. (laughs) The question I'm asking is, does she receive what I believe to be valuable of me? Like, Does she think that knowing me makes her life better? So when somebody's in the role of a pursuer, you have to be quite confident and convicted that there's something of incredible value inside of you that I'm going to pursue someone to the point that they have to know it. So, back to the gospel. (laughs) Get me out of your mind. The striking distinguishment of this revealed picture of God through these scriptures is that God goes to incredible lengths in pursuing humanity. Incredible lengths. I think the question that we would ask is, what compels that what what would compel him to go to such length to communicate and pursue that we would we would know him we would see him for who he is and to do this i'm just going to share something with you that's it's personal but i think it will take you right to the heart of god it will be a window um, so let me tell you a little story that I hope will contextualize this. And this is just how the Lord has been really wrecking me, even in the very recent past. Uh, I made a decision years ago that my life was for Jesus and that to live is Christ and to die as gain. And I, I would still say to this day that if I were to give my life for the name of Jesus and, and be a martyr, that would be the highest privilege that God could ever entrust to me. But that was an easier decision to make before I was a married man, before we were expecting a child. And every time I'm about to go overseas, particularly to persecuted regions where the name of Jesus is dangerous, I seem to come more face-to-face with my mortality. And the afternoon before I was flying uh, to go to the Middle East, I just got hit with this thought, That what if something were to happen to me? Because, you know, life's a breath. And all I really know I have is today. And that's uncomfortable, but it's true. You know, this is why the Kobe Bryant stories rock everyone. Because they bring us face to face with our mortality. And it was about three hours before I was going to fly out. And I'm just sitting there. And the thought hits me of my little girl never seeing my face. never knowing what's inside of my heart for her. And I just sobbed. And it would be very difficult to try to articulate to you the depth of that feeling of her not knowing what I think of her of her not knowing the safety of my protection, of her not knowing the look of delight, of her not knowing that I, I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about her and I've never seen her yet, of her not knowing the heart of her father. I, I, I could not bear that. That is like the most unbearable thing I've ever thought my whole life. I wept. It just stayed. It stayed inside of me. And the Lord's been ministering to me in that and giving me this picture of insight into the heart of this father that could not bear his children not seeing him. that could not stomach the thought of them not knowing that they are favored by him, of not knowing the look in his eyes, of not knowing the swelling, sticky, hot, fiery love that just burns, of not knowing the inheritance, of not knowing the intentionality and the thought, the not, not knowing him. You just can't live with it. And so again, we come to this gospel of the kingdom of God, and we see God looking at humanity dead in sin. And the reason that we were dead in sin is because sin so marred us, we could no longer see God. This is how unrecognizable God became to a sin-torn humanity, is that God picks a family, Israel, and spends a few thousand years pursuing them. Miracles, signs, provision, exodus, promised land, inheritance, anointing, fire by day, cloud by night. It's like most the Bible is just God's pursuit of Israel. 3000 plus years of intentional faithful pursuit of this one tribe. And when God shows up as a human in their midst, they reject him, manipulate him, abuse him and murder him because they still couldn't see him. They couldn't recognize him. God pursued Israel to such a degree to reveal through their story, the depravity of human sin, that this is how broken we were, that after all of this, you still couldn't see my face. And when I was standing right in front of you, you were blind. And so there was only one way, (laughs) one way, that this father could have his desire fulfilled of the ones he loved seeing him. And that one way was the cross of Calvary. See how great a love the father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God. See what lengths God would go for you to see him. And so Jesus came and became a sacrifice of sin, took the weight of it all. All the things that were severing and wounding and, and, and manipulating and and changing us, and blinding us, and chaining us, and keeping us, not so that we couldn't live a life and try to you know, enjoy it the best we could, but so that we, we could live a life and never see God. He, everything, he took away, he removed the veil, he removed the shackles, he made a way that he could actually invite us, that if you want to see the Father, you can see him. He reveals the Father on the cross of Calvary, in a twofold revelation, that we have to see the depravity of our sin on Him on the cross. But in that same moment, we see true love bleeding through the insults and abuses and manipulations and all the things and the brokenness that this cross reveals. This forgotten God who is perfect love that we couldn't recognize because we were so marred. And in that, we get this revelation of this God who goes into a grave but then resurrects again and actually makes a way for the shackles, the blindness, the, sh- the veils to be removed so that we could see him. Like the heart of God is that we just see him. The heart of God for you, somebody in here, is that you would see him. And the message of Jesus that he has to the world is that God favors you. That's what we've forgot. That's what, the, that's what sin confuses in every soul. It's that God favors you. Jesus came to put a face on the Father who favors you. The love that I have for my little girl is so small compared to the love the the Father has for you, for you, for you. I've been thinking and praying like, God, what do I do? Like, what do I write? What could I articulate? What could I leave behind? What could I ensure? What, like, what could I do to ensure that this little girl will know every day of her life whether I'm here or not? Will know what's just in my heart for her. It's like I would move heaven and earth just to show her I love her and this is me in a finite human frame with my own brokenness and my own imperfections, how much more the father of lights? What would he not do? It says in Romans, if he didn't withhold Jesus, what will he not do for you? What would he keep? What would he, he's bankrupted himself, he's exposed himself, Jesus literally stripped himself naked, he was brutally beaten, he gave everything just to the chance that you would see his love for you. Just for the glimmer of hope that we would somehow just say yes and, and, and turn, put our faith in his name so that he could flood our hearts with this revelation of love. It says in Ephesians 1, this prayer of Paul, that the eyes of our hearts would be opened so that we could see. So we could see the hope of his calling. We could see the riches of his inheritance in us. We could see our value. We could see the power of the resurrection that's inside of us. But the eyes of our heart have to open. This is the miracle that Jesus paid for with his blood, that the eyes of our heart that had been blind and hardened and turned inward and perverted by self and perverted by sin could actually open to see the face of God and get completely transformed. Because when you see him, 1 John 3 says, you'll become like him because you will be like he is. A revelation of the heart. This is why Christians look different. Because we see the living God. And it says in 2 Corinthians 3 that when we behold him as in a mirror, we get transformed into that same image from one degree of glory to another. He doesn't just stop at bringing us home to the Father. He's like, I'm going to change you and make you like Jesus. So that you can then go and be like Jesus in this image of God that you were created with. Genesis 1, we were created crafted with the image of god inside of us what's he trying to do he's opening the eyes of your heart to see the image that you were created like so you could become like that image So that you could become a living picture. You could see the face of God. This image, this this design, this understanding of the identity and the character and the nature of God. The face of God that's seared into the heart of every human. God wants to open the heart so that it would no longer be marred and twisted and manipulated by sin. But we would see him for how he is. And when we see him for how he is and we worship the true living God who rose from the dead. We would raise from the dead too and be transformed into a new person. not bound by sin says a new creature a new thing that never existed before the old things got wiped away because when the eyes of your heart open and you see the risen Jesus you become like him and there is no chain and no shackle and no addiction and no brokenness that the resurrected Jesus cannot transform in your life so I have news for you if those things are your living reality right now you just need a revelation of the face of your father that burns for you to know who he is because when you see him you'll find yourself because you are his image bearer you are his son you are his daughter this is like eight days ago my brother and I were sharing with like ten little girls probably 18 to 25 years old they were graduating from tailoring school, learning how to sew and make all these beautiful clothing so they can get jobs. And uh, none of them were of a Christian background. And it was at their graduation, the the guy who runs the school asked me to just share my testimony. And I start crying. The Spirit of God comes over. I start crying. Talking about my testimony, this... Friend named Jesus. It started like a stranger, but when you hang out with someone, you know, they can be a stranger. And then they're like, best friends. Six months later, and the effect of this this Jesus in my life. And as I'm crying and sharing with these ten girls. At the end, I just see the Spirit of God lighting on three of them. Not all of them, but three of them. It was like their hearts were opening their faces changed, their countenance changed. And it is a very, very timid culture ours at where people do not respond unless all eyes are closed and the lights are off and you're all you know, nobody's watching. And in the bright of day with eyes wide open, these, these girls lifted their hands because their hearts saw the face of God through my face. And the Lord said, Yes, it's a cost to leave your daughter but I need to use you to speak to my daughters. Isn't he lovely? Isn't he worthy? Isn't he wonderful? See what love the Father bestowed that we would be called his sons and daughters. Jesus is in the business of the total and complete transformation of humanity back to what we were created to be. And he is so convinced that if you will just know what is inside of him, it won't just bless you and make you happy. It will completely recreate you into an entirely new being, not an old man, a Christian, a new man, a Christ man, a Christ woman, an entirely new frame of life, a resurrected reality where you are not walking under the yoke of sin and death, but you are ascending on the upward call of God into the holiness of his heart and becoming just as he is. This is the greatest, most scandalous, most ridiculous story ever told but there is either a man who resurrected from the grave after three days that wants to change everything about your life, or he is a total complete fraud and you should never step foot in a church again. But that decision is yours. And I am here to witness to you the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He took an unclean, broken, addicted, proud man, and he has changed me from the inside out. And he will change you, another one, and another one, and another one. And it does not start with your works or a heavy yoke of some sort of self-righteous contriving of your performance to please God and get him to favor you. It starts with a revelation that there is a father whose heart is so moved, here is nothing, he will move heaven and earth and he moved all of hell just for the chance that you could come to know that you are his, that you are loved that you are holy, that you have an inheritance, that you are clean in his sight, that he doesn't hold what you did against you because there's nothing you could do to change who he hit his heart to you, nothing. Nothing, he will love you with everything that he is, every single waking moment of your life, every breath you breathe, every day that you get up out of your bed, he will love you with a relentless love. This is the greatest message in the history of the world. We are privileged that our ears get to hear such words. Hallelujah. I don't know what to do. But I know the Spirit of God is in this place. We're, we're going we're to baptize some people tonight which is a picture of a resurrection this is a prophetic symbol that the church has been doing for 2,000 years of people that are professing publicly that I've entered into the power of a resurrection that I can't explain that my eyes have opened and I've seen something that's changed me but I just have a sense that I know some are going to get baptized in water. I have a sense that some of your hearts are just aching right now, That like the love of the Father is just wooing you. And maybe you've been with God for a lot of years, but I just have a sense that something is burning in some of your hearts, and that it's like your eyes are wanting to see maybe for the first time that you are favored by god that the face of god is not stern and serious and distant and cold but it is the most brilliant smile it's a it's a love that weeps for you and something in your heart's getting a revelation and i i just want to give a chance for you to respond maybe you you've never known jesus your whole life you never given your life you don't even maybe you stumbled in here and you never even heard the name of jesus before i hope so but I just, I want to give a response that if something, maybe you've walked with God for a long time, but you feel like something is awakening and it's like, I'm, I'm, I haven't seen him for who he is. I just sense the spirit of God, it's like he's, he's working on that image, that belief of who you believe God to be tonight. And it's, this is a form of salvation. And I just want to give you a, a, a chance to, to respond you can stand in plain daylight with eyes open i just want you to stand if you need to stand right now if the spirit of god is at work in you and there's there's eyes you want your eyes to open i just want you to stand i know it's 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 humbling it can be difficult yeah i know there's more just just stand this is this is holy ground yeah thank you jesus thank you jesus Thank you, Jesus. Just just stand. This isn't... It's just stand if you need to stand. And just give God space to move. That's all it's doing. It's saying, God, open my eyes. Open the eyes of my heart. Stay, stay standing. And actually, if you're standing, if you could just come forward. Just come forward. We're all, like, rooting for you right now. This isn't like a... This is a beautiful moment. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, maybe just, everyone, you can just l- reach your arms out and just, you know, if you're on the prayer team, if you just want to come lay hands on, on people, I just, I just want you to start praying, church, if you're in your seats, just that eyes are opening. Just a revelation of the Father heart of God. Thank you, God. Open the eyes of hearts. You're opening the eyes of hearts. And we just say, See. See how great the love the Father's bestowed on you. See. We speak to you, the eyes of your heart, and say, Be opened to see the love that the Father has, not just for the world, but for you. For you for you, for you, for you, for you, just hear him say my beloved, my beloved, thank you Holy Spirit that you're putting a face on Jesus tonight who is the face of God and we just bless what you're doing, we just say yes and amen. Yes and amen. Have your way, God. Have your way. Have your way. You know, I just, the Spirit of God's working right now. We're going to do baptisms. Uh, If you want to spontaneously get baptized tonight as a profession to say, God is doing, I've entered into the resurrection reality. I'm professing that I've decided to follow Jesus. I'm following him into this new life. I just the invitation is is open. If the if the Spirit of God is just resting on you and there's something, this is a means of grace, meaning that God works through this action of baptism to actually do a work in the inner man. And so Uh, If God is stirring on you to get baptized, we just want to give an invitation. We have clothes. We have towels. I don't know. They're going to, right here, Johnny in the white shirt. You can come talk to Johnny if you want to get baptized. But we're just going to create space um, if you want to respond. We have maybe eight or nine people that are already going to do this. Um, But we're going to celebrate what's taking place. This is a public moment. And we're going to give glory to God. And so, yeah, we just thank you for what you're doing for each person up here. And I would just say if you're standing here at this altar and it's in your heart to get baptized, you're welcome to get baptized. If you're in your seats and you want to get baptized, you can get baptized. Um, But we just thank you, God, for, for salvation going forth tonight, Lord. And that salvation for some is instantaneous. But for some it's progressive and it hits us in moments over time and i thank you god for for the moment god the 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 progression the revelation of what you're doing tonight in this space um so if you if you're already planning to get baptized you can kind of make your way